Welcome to the Grow Zone, real-time adventures. With Sarah Hübner, the communications adventurer, and Kerry Temple, the outdoor adventurer. Welcome to a new episode of the Grow Zone Real-Time Adventures. I am Sarah Hoopner, the communication adventurer, and next to me on the Zoom screen is Kerry Temple, the outdoor adventurer. Hello, Kerry. Hi, nice to see you, Sarah. <laughs> um, so, the Grow Zone, we are a podcast all about exploring themes of adventures indoors and outdoors, delving into perspectives and experiences from real life, um, exploring the fields of communication, play, risk-taking, intercultural understanding, and much more. And we like to explore these fields in our own work through Sarah's work in theatre and communications and my work through outdoor adventure. And in this series, we are meeting with other real-time adventurers from all other areas of life. Yes, and I'm looking forward to meeting our guest in a minute. But before that, Kerry, what's new in your life? Well, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. <laughs> it is now 2022. It is winter here in the depths of the Bavarian Alps and I'm getting set for starting off with the snowshoe tours that I'm leading this this winter and also getting set for the upcoming adventures beyond the winter and in my own time just enjoying getting out on the skis and outdoors in the mountains as well. How about you, Sarah? Well, in my personal life, I have an outdoor adventure coming up. At the end of the month, we're going snowshoeing with you, and I'm yeah. very excited about that. Other than that, in my work life, I actually have some real-time adventures coming up too. Um, it's alongside it being the beginning of the year, I have quite a lot of new projects starting and a couple continuing, and they're in the realms of education and schools as well as within companies. So quite widespread, um, a lot of variety, which I love. Well, Kerry, are we ready to welcome our guest? I would say we are. I'm really looking forward to this and would like to introduce Nora Suarez. So welcome, Nora. We're really excited to have Nora Suarez with us here today. Nora is Mexican-American and moved from Seattle to Germany about 16 months ago with her partner. I was lucky enough to literally cross paths with her through the women's fitness and hiking group that I co-run with a fitness studio in Munich. Nora is an interdisciplinary visual artist currently focusing on how colonialism influenced the loss of her mother tongue and how this impacts identity. Nora began her career as an artist later in life, having previously worked in healthcare, managing critically ill babies in the neonatal intensive care units at Seattle Children's and St. Luke's Children's Hospitals, Boise, for 20 years. In 2014, she began to transition out of this and completed a fashion design and fine arts degree and is currently in a Master's of Fine Arts in Visual Art programme at Vermont College of Fine Arts, which she is completing remotely. Nora has shown fashion collections in the Pacific Northwest and has received art scholarships twice, most current from Vermont. Nora has two adult children that live in Seattle and speaks 
English, French and German. As well as a real-time adventurer in her career, Laura loves being active to travel and explore the outdoors. She's run 10 marathons, her proudest moments crossing the finish line were the New York Marathon in 2013 and Machu Picchu in 2015. In her own words, Nora says, I love to travel and explore the outdoors. I love to connect with people at a deeper level. I consider myself a very spiritual person. I also enjoy just being and not doing. My daily intention is to maintain curiosity in all that I love and I do. I'm very grateful that our paths crossed and that you're here to talk with us today, Nora. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to add to what I just uh, said? Yes, just one thing. I speak Spanish, not French. <laughs> ah, oh, sorry. Okay. I, even, I even put Spanish on my notes. I don't know where French came from. <laughs> That's okay. I wish I spoke French. I've tried to learn it, but it's like, you know, language learning languages is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Spanish does make much more yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> it does, you know, but, yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, no, thank you for the uh, very nice introduction. And I'm very excited to be here. And yes, I feel the same way. I felt very, um, this far, I feel very lucky to have met you and to cross paths with you. Um, I feel that a lot of, uh, we have a lot of things that align. Um, and I, I sense it in a spiritual way. So that's, kind of the connection that I have with you, the way I see it and the way I've always felt since the very first time I met you. So, yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and Nora, we're meeting for the first time. Yeah. Let's see if <laughs> we also feel a connection. <laughs> Hearing about you, I definitely think that we also actually have quite a lot in common. Um, so, Let's see. Well, before we start off, we're going to ask you some quick fire questions and just spontaneously reply with one word. Oh, okay. So let's start. Outdoors or indoors? Depends. <laughs> Adventure or comfort zone? Adventure, all the way. Mountain or stage? Both. Cake or chips? Both. Early bird or night owl? Night owl, for sure. And what do you think of when you hear adventure? Magic. Improvisation? Improvisation. Mm, I guess flexibility? Learning knowledge. And what are three words that describe you? Curious, silly, and spiritual. Mm, thank you. I like that you replied cake and chips. <laughs> It seems to me you like, you may be somebody who enjoys um, the extra The luxuries in life <laughs> is is that would you agree or is, um, am I wrong? <laughs> I guess I always like to leave my options open. I mean, I feel like why be? I've said this before, and I know Carrie has heard it before. That as as human beings, or for myself, I can um, put limitations on because this is what I know and this is what mm -hmm. I like, and I'm not willing to try anything else. That is definitely mm -hmm. not my personality. 
I'm like, I've already done this, done that. Let's try the new thing, you know, adventure, <laughs> curious, learning. I mean, I guess for me, all of those things are, um, they give you knowledge and give you empowerment, right? Is the way I, I look at everything. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, why not say yes? You know, there's uh, fear won't um, allow you to grow in any, you know, way, shape or form, spiritual, you know, education wise in any way like that. So I guess that's like kind of the way I look at life and I take the opportunities if they're there or seek them. Mm. So more both and rather than neither or. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, and I, I'm going to jump in and agree that, that I feel that I feel you're someone that you can shift between different environments and enjoy the best of both environments. And sometimes we tend to think, and I think this in the out, especially in the outdoor field, that people say you're either outdoorsy or you're not outdoorsy. And that's something that I really, I really like, and I really see through you is that you, you can do all different yeah. things. And you know, we, I, I sometimes think so with questions like either or. It's nice to hear both. Yeah. yeah. I guess for me, like for me, the outdoors, I guess I see it as a place of, um, it's kind of like a sanctuary, you know, like I need downtime. Mm-hmm. I need to re-energize. I need to be like one with nature. You know, people might think this sounds silly, but that's kind of, it's, it's a moment for actually, for me to actually be able to like enjoy this abundance that this world has given us and it's so easy to forget, but when I'm outdoors and I see the growth, mm-hmm. the beautiful, you know, all of the plants, the trees, the flowers, the wildflowers, I'm just like, you've seen me, you've heard me say that before. And I'm just like, oh my God, look at all this. I get all excited, right? I'm just like, but uh, yeah, because there's so much. And as a human being, you know, or human beings try to control everything and create when it's there already sometimes, you know, and we, and mm-hmm. I don't see it or we don't see it. So anyway, I should use the I, I word, but anyway, so yeah. Mm. Hey, but have, have you always loved the outdoors? Yeah, I, always since a little kid, I remember going swimming to like yeah. the river that, you know, and um, yeah, in the swings, you know, and we jump in the water swings were my favorite. And they still, as you saw that photo, I just, I don't know. Play has been part of my life. That's just like, if I didn't have play, I don't know. I think my soul would like die a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I I tend to be very deep. So I hope I don't make you guys feel uncomfortable, but I am like the way I look at life and the way I look at everything. It's like a spiritual experience. Like everything is my spiritual practice. Therefore I'm going to enjoy what I do. But, you know, I have been known in the past of doing, doing, doing. So my practice currently is to slow down and actually like take a breath and enjoy what I have, you know, and where I am. And instead mm-hmm. of always seeking more, you know, so I'm a very ambitious person. I've always been that way. So I'm learning how to unlearn that, you know. So. And it seems like you have different playgrounds. So not just in the outdoors, but you also play in other areas of life Mm -hmm. so what is your other another favorite playground of yours uh well for me I call my art practice a playground in the studio um sometimes I just go in with an idea um and I don't necessarily have it all you know written out everything mapped out I just kind of let things you know evolve and you know come to fruition while I'm working, you know, be it with materiality um, or just like the, the context or concept of what I'm 
I'm thinking about. So, and, you know, painting and all of that is, is, is a child. I mean, it was so much fun to do all of those things as well. Um, and as an adult being in uh, transitioning from, you know, healthcare medical field to art, the art world, it was so, you have to be so serious in that type of setting. And that's not my personality. However, I was really good at it and I did it very well. So, but always outside of work, I was a completely different person. And that's what people that knew me really well were like, well, have you ever seen Laura outside of work? And I was like, what's wrong with me? What do you mean? And it's like, it's like you're a completely different person. And I'm like, because I like to play and at work, you know, dealing with critically ill babies. So you can't necessarily, you know, even though I tend to laugh and joke around a lot. So, but yeah. But you probably, I'd say for, in terms of dealing with a, a, a job like that, that's probably very high stress as well you need to have that other yeah. side oh that's really helpful to have that other yeah. side I think it's important to find that balance yeah. you know I don't I feel like for me it was a way of um just kind of uh letting go and not having to be so serious all the time because you know 24 7 at work that you it's depending on the situation and how busy we were uh, yeah, it's always about, it was about life and death, right? You know, like making the decisions on the spot. And, and so, yeah, so it was completely the opposite. So it was just kind of my way of, um, uh, I guess, providing that, that support for myself, you know, and also having that community to continue to be able to do that and do it efficiently and still compassionately and still to be able to enjoy it. So, yeah. So, what led you to change professions? Was it the high stress levels or, I mean, what I'm getting to is because of um, the decisions you had to make, seeing kids that are terminally ill mm -hmm. or very sick, was it that or was it other, the structures? Uh, I think a little bit was, I mean, I think the babies, it was babies, like premature babies and not older than a year old. So it was mostly babies that I worked with. I didn't work with adults until the, the um, like the latter part of my career, but um, it, it was a stress level. You know, it's something that you, I would work and I'd come home and it was, uh, I didn't want to like be around anybody for like 12 hours. It's like a whole day. I need a whole day to regroup. And so, and then one of the things that, you know, working in a hospital setting, you do shift work. And so I'm, I'm somebody that has to sleep at night, you know, and I spent, uh, I think the last five years of my career when I was still doing it full time, I just couldn't sleep. So I had no energy. I felt like I was always in a fog in a daze and because I never slept well, I never really got a good night's sleep. And so I thought I can't continue to do this for the rest of my career. You know, I'm not getting any younger. And so, um, so that's why I decided to do that. It's just, there was no way being in a, like a critical care setting, you have to work 24 seven. That's just the way it is, you know, in a hospital setting. So that was, that was the biggest reason that I did that. And I just, I was very unhappy because I, I didn't sleep and I recognized that. And I thought, yeah, I don't think I could do this any longer. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the structure. Yes. Mostly the structure. The work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you learn about life working with terminally ill patients? Well, that life is precious. And that you should enjoy every moment, you know. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that's the cry. Thank you for sharing with us, Nora. Mm -hmm. Of course, sorry. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I mean, it's not easy to deal with death and dying, you know, all every, well, not every day, but for the most part. But I think you, you know, you have those patients that you really connect with and, um, and the families. So it's like your heart goes out to them. You put all this energy and emotion and you know that, you know, I never want to play God. So it's like, um, it's kind of, if you're born premature, you're, you're, there's a reason you were born premature. Right. So, so yeah, it's just difficult to have to deal with that, but then it's like to see that and to, um, to experience that it's like, yeah, life is too short to not be happy and to, you know, to, to always complain. And yeah, I don't know that, I guess it changed my perspective, even though I feel like that's always was my perspective even before that. Um, but it just kind of reinforced that anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, thank you for sharing and like, hearing you care so much for the work you did. I find that very reassuring because they, when you, I want to believe that people in healthcare mm -hmm. where, who look after us, that they actually do care and to, to see that there's so much compassion there and now still for yeah. what you experienced. It, it's, um, and that you, um, I guess you need to be, you need to have a certain strength also to be able to face that and to deal with that yeah. and to still find, um, a joyful or joy in life mm -hmm. and that's a bit of a question too oh. because i, I, I oh, assume yeah. sorry i didn't formulate <laughs> no it's um correct me if i'm wrong because i i can't i don't know what it feels yeah. like mm -hmm. to you <laughs> how, how much are you able to live fully or joyfully today even though you are still carrying some of the grief with you that from back then um, I think that um, it's just uh, when I talk about it, I still like, it's like, yeah, I, I did it because I loved it. It wasn't, um, I didn't leave it because I didn't love it. You know, that was the best thing. So I think when um, it's something that I'll always carry with me and I don't necessarily like, it's uh, not, it doesn't affect my daily life. You know, it's just when I talk about it, it's just like, it was a big part of my life and, yeah, those babies are so resilient and the parents want everything done for them. So it's just like, and I am a very compassionate person. That's just, and so in that setting, I guess for me, it was like, I was very, I don't know. I mean, people are always like, if Nora's on, you know, everything will be good, very strong, you know, like very good at what I did and I'm not bragging, you know, um, but then at home, like I, that, so I said to them, I said, I guess you don't realize how sensitive I truly am because I am very compassionate, even though you see me as somebody that's very mm -hmm. assertive. And I'm like, I have to be assertive because this is like critically ill patients. Right. Um, I said, but I think it's just made me um, who I am. It's shaped my, you know, my personality, my compassion and just my under wanting to understand other people and where they're coming from. You know, it, it influenced me and it. Yeah, I don't think I could ever not say that you know, it's not a part of me that, you know, when I did that and how it influenced who I am to this day. I think it's, it, it demonstrates res resilience. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, yeah, build up. Um, so I'm ch- moving on. You changed your career yeah. in a very different direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did how did you how did you choose that direction? Well, I I mean, I for me, I've always been interested in fashion and art. Um, and I was just remember I I journal. I haven't. I don't do it as much anymore. Well, I guess I do, but um, and so you know, I was like, I found this book that said I can't really remember the title of the book, and I actually was at work um, and found the book that said, "Where do you want to be in five years?" and some other questions. And I thought, what have I always wanted to do? What would be something that would be completely different, not stressed like it is here, like not so. Um, I just emotional, you know, like that. And, um, and I was like, you know, I think I used to watch that show a fashion designer show. I can't remember the name of it now. And I was like, Oh, fashion designer would be good. And I just wrote it out. And that was, yeah, I didn't really think I would, you know, it was just something I wrote in my journal. And then one day I was talking to a friend and, and why not do that? I'm like, yeah, why not? I don't, why not? So I was like, that's so true. Why not do that? What, what's keeping me from doing that? So yeah, that's kind of, and I, and that's the way I kind of, you know, looked at it. And so, and then pursued it. Was it difficult to, to change? It, it was difficult in the sense that, you know, the community that I was surrounded by were mostly, you know, healthcare mm-hmm. professionals uh, or medical professionals, and they couldn't understand why. So to have their support, you know, it was difficult. It was just like, I don't understand why you would want to leave, you know, like I don't. And, and I, I remember still talking to a neonatologist and he'd been a neonatologist for his entire career. And he said to me, you know what, Nora, he's like, I've never said this to you. He says, but I just want to say how, how much I admire you for, for admitting this, this job can be draining. It is. I'm like, yeah, it's emotionally exhausting. I mean, you're having to make life and death decisions. And he said, and you just completely, because I would still do it part-time and then do my other, um, my other career. And so I said, yeah, I just, I mean, and I think that if I had the opportunity, you know, like when I was there, I was like, yeah, I will continue to do it part-time at a very, like one, I think I worked like one weekend a month or something. I said, but I can't do it full time, you know? Um, but yeah, and that's what he said to me. He's like, I really admire you for like being honest with yourself and saying, I can't do this full time anymore. So, yeah. And do you think there are skills that you've brought over from, from your experience in healthcare to, to art that there are similarities or some, you know, some hard, some, yeah, I, Maybe yeah, maybe more sort of soft skills. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think that you know, like all of the technical skills, like you know, the drawing, the painting, the sculpture and printmaking, all of that is completely different. I've, I'm very self-disciplined, so I guess I mean I, that's part of my personality. But I think to be in the medical field, you have to be self-disciplined. Um, but one of the things is to allowing myself to be vulnerable. I think is one of the biggest takeaways from working in healthcare that I still, you know, I would just happen in front of you guys, you know, I, that it, I feel like as an artist, you are, you're put yourself in a vulnerable position because it is your vision. It's your aesthetic. It's your uh, message, your, you know, uh, your ideas that you're sharing with the entire world, you know, and in, in healthcare, you're kind of hiding behind the scenes. Right. And people are going to either like it, love it, hate it. And yeah, they're going to critique you and it's going to be like, okay, you know, so I think that's 
that's one of the things that I feel like being vulnerable. I mean, I, I also think that, you know, life experience shows you that if you're willing, you're open to that or, or shows one that if you're, if one is open to that, but, um, but you know, vulnerability, I think is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And that involves risk. I mean, mm-hmm. the, no artwork or a bold statement. If you create something where there's no risk, then it's not art. Why yeah. do it? Yeah, why do it? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. Um. And you do quite a wide range. You don't just paint. You do. Mm-hmm. You work in different art forms. And um, just my my background as mm-hmm. a theatre practitioner, I I also enjoy painting and drawing, and I write a bit. But I, I always feel most at home within theatre, on stage, improvisation, theatre improvisation. Um, and when I when I paint, I love it, but I feel like it's not quite. Um, my strongest voice, or I'm not mm-hmm. quite there. Yeah. What for? Or do you have a an art form where you feel that's where you can show yourself most, or that's where you're the clearest in mm-hmm. your expression? I feel like for me, I've always said that it's sculpture, so it's more 3D. I always really enjoy that. It's a process that you know, it's um, being able to make something 3D with my own hands there's just like this huge reward at the end when I see it come, you know, to fruition. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like, this is what I was imagining. This is, you know, um, I don't know if you've seen my WhatsApp. I think the, the photo that I have is I'm wearing a a sculpture that I made. Um, And so it's a, it's a huge, it's huge mask. Um, And so, yeah. So I, I, that's where I feel most comfortable. Yeah. And do you have a specific theme that runs through your work besides play. I know or the play well, play is more the motto or is yeah, play it's also? Just, I think it's a, right now. That's one of the reasons I'm in this program right now is because I feel like the, the context of my work wasn't as strong as, is my voice. Like, you know, like I was like, I, I want to be able to like do research and put like, you know, and have that influence my work. And so I decided to do that and have like the community and the support to be able to do that because I've always felt that that's, I'm not very, you know, I, it's not, it's not my strength. And so I really wanted it. I want my art to, to be more than just, you know, for myself, you know, I want to share it with the world and share it with people that can relate to it and to, that can see, they can be like, okay, yeah, I know exactly what she's talking about, you know? And so in, which is why I chose to do this this program that I'm in right now. And is there a theme that's sort of that comes up again and again? Yeah, for me, one of the things that comes up, and, and I've been criticized for this before, <laughs> not in the most positive way, but I always talk about self love in my art. I talk about that because I feel like you know that's the foundation of, of of for myself, like being able to to be confident and to move forward and take those risks that, you know, with that come with traveling and adventure. And it's just about having that um, feeling like, yeah, I'm good at this. I'm going to do it. Why not? You know? And I think self-love is the basis for that. But, But yeah. And that's great if people are criticizing it because it means, <laughs> but it means that you're, you're touching on a topic that 
like why why <laughs> criticize somebody for that topic so i love that when you create something and there's a response like yeah. mm-hmm. it, 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 even if it's not like in the say oh this is the best or oh, this should it means that because that's so you're moving something or people are thinking yeah. about the topic and sometimes that is I feel so valuable like, sorry i don't mean to interrupt you but sometimes i feel like some people don't understand that and it's uh it's hard for me to understand them and why that's not um something that people think about i don't know because i've always thought about that i guess i i think about myself i was 22 and i had children when i was young and i remember i either read a book or saw something and I thought, oh my gosh, like it clicked. My happiness is up to me. You know, like I think I was 22. I still remember I was 22 because my son was, I had, was really young. And I was like, that's so simple. It's really up to me. You know, <laughs> like I'm ultimately responsible for my happiness. And so then I, that's when I, I, that's when my journey began. I, I feel like that's when my, my real spiritual journey began. Like I wanted to know more about myself and where my behavior was coming from. And, and, and I thought, and then I realized that I, by knowing and understanding where I was coming from, that helped me to understand others and where they were coming from. And it's still, you know, I think for me, it's a lifelong journey and I continue to do the work and, um, I, I feel like it's very helpful in understanding other people. I actually just found a book called uh, Surrounded by Idiots. I don't know if either of you have read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's about colors and personality. <laughs> and so, and to try, instead of saying, you know, oh, God, these people are just idiots. You know, why don't I understand them? You know, why don't they understand me? So kind of looking at their personality and what the positive things that they have to bring, you know, to the table mm-hmm. and, and, and building them, um, playing on their strengths. And not the things that you like. Why should people think like you, right? That would be so boring if we were all the same. But anyway, I, I started that. I just bought it. I haven't read it yet. But anyway, it's interesting. Oh, interesting! I look forward to hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's and that's it. Um, by creating artwork and people responding to that, you can you're starting a conversation with people that you may not naturally sort of have an understanding for nor may they understand you so that in itself is so valuable creating dialogue Mm -hmm. with people that are different to us especially in today's times where we are uh, all moving where where, where people are moving in worlds that are very different to each Mm -hmm. other and in their own bubbles that's true um, Nora, uh, I'm going to ask the question about nature. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, does nature play a role in your work at all? Or what role would it play? Does it play? I guess for me, like I feel like um, it plays a role, like very deeply, like within me spiritually. That I feel like it's uh, allows me to step away from that that practice and the, the, you know, there's always pressure and deadlines and, and creating or having an exhibition. Um, and so for me, if I couldn't step away from it and just go explore nature and just be, feel free, you know, from all of that, I, I feel like it would be, I wouldn't want to do it as much. Like I would be like, uh, I don't want to go to the studio. Like I just, I can't right now, you know? And so, so it influences me in that way. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. So bad. Yeah, no, that, no, that does. That's, no, that's perfect. But it's, it's, a, it's a, I think you said it at the beginning, like it's your sanctuary, nature's your sanctuary and it's your recharge 
zone and that inspiration comes back then into yeah the, I um into the studio I was yeah. I wanted to share with you I didn't know mm-hmm. how to really express what nature like means to me but I found I found you know I found this uh meditation teacher and I wanted to read it to you is that okay it's not very long mm-hmm. yeah lovely okay. yeah yeah so um so it starts with with uh, um, we find healing as we connect with nature. So when we spend time in nature, observing and appreciating the natural beauty and living organisms all around us, we are gently energized and we feel better. Our world grows and we find gratitude in our connection. We find healing as we remember that we are part of nature too. We come home to who we are. We wake and sleep as the sun and moon rise and set. We breathe as the waves come and go. As the earth hums and the trees talk, we are aligned with nature's rhythms. As the seasons change, we feel refreshed. As the first flowers of spring arrive, we feel renewed and energized by the activity and warmth of summer. We let go just as the leaves drop in the fall. And we find grounding in the time for reflection as no text in the earth for winter. You connect mind, body, and spirit. The natural flow of our breath hums along with nature. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I truly believe that. I was like, oh my gosh, she just said it all is like, you know, I was like, how eloquent. I want to speak like her. But anyway, (laughs) so it was just like, that's so true because I mean, that's, it's so true. It's like, yeah, we, our lives are aligned with nature. That's just part of it. Mm -hmm. It's so, yeah, we're so inextricably connected, you know, that it's, um, yeah. Anyways, I just found that really, really fascinating and wanted to share that. Thank you. I, I might ask you for a copy of it and we can add it to our show notes because that'd be something to really nice yeah, to of share course. as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be lovely. Yeah, I think that, I mean, for me, that sums it up perfectly also. And I think it's one of those things where we have it, it's one of those, the harder things nowadays because that connection there's for many people there's there's a there's a bit of a wall in between yeah. mm-hmm. that connection and that communication and understanding and noticing you know the cycle of the day the rhythms of nature and um you're absolutely right just having those the the moments of noticing the small mm-hmm. things in nature can fill you with so much gratitude yeah. mm-hmm. and um and peace mm-hmm. it's really powerful i think so i agree i agree with you it is powerful i agree with you yeah and what is your biggest adventure at the moment? I guess moving to a country where I don't speak the language. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the biggest adventures. Uh, people, I mean, my mom will always say, you know, well, she's like, you're always going to do what you want. That's just you. And other people, why? Why Germany? Why? And I'm like, why not? What's wrong with that? You know, and, and I have found that it's it's a beautiful country. You know, the outdoors amazing things to carry. I've learned so much about, you know, the uh, Bavarian Alps, but yeah, it's just, it, I think that's one of the biggest adventures so far that I think are just like saying, Oh, we're both at a point in our lives where, you know, we can move to Europe. Cause he's originally from Scotland. My partner is, and he had asked me in the past and I said, yeah, why not? You know, if the opportunity ever, you know, was there, why, why wouldn't I? I've always wanted to live in Europe. The very first time I came to, came to Europe, I went to Italy. And when I stepped off the plane, I was like, I'm home. <laughs> 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 I'm home. <laughs> I always say that, I'm, like, seriously, when 
I don't know if you guys ever feel this, but I'm just like, there's like, like somebody or somebody pulling at my heartstrings. Like that's the way I've always felt about Europe. Like I knew I would end up here somehow. And I said, I don't know. I'm like, you guys, I think this is weird, but I, whenever I like feel something like that, I'm like, it's meant to be, it won't happen the day I felt it, but it'll eventually happen. And that's kind of the way I, I'm very intuitive. So kind of the way my life goes, which is probably not the best way to live your life, but you know, for me, not everything has to be organized. And I like spontaneity mm-hmm. because if I organize everything and plan everything, it takes away from the play. And also, if you plan everything, it usually doesn't go to plan. And when it doesn't go to plan, you just get more stressed. So, <laughs> so true. So true. I <laughs> and you mentioned that the adventure was also learning or going to a place where you didn't know another language. So what's adventurous about being in a country where you don't understand the language or you don't understand all of it? Well, having to learn the language or walking it, like making my list every morning when I, or if I was going to go to the grocery store before I went to the grocery store, I never had to do that before. I've never lived in a country where I don't speak the language. I mean, English and Spanish are my mother tongues and, but anyway, so yeah, so learning how to speak the, the language and hating it when I first started. It's like, this language is crazy, crazy people, you know? Anyway, and then, and then learning to appreciate it. Now that I'm farther along in the journey and, you know, as far as learning the language, I'm like, oh, I like that word or I like this word, you know? And I didn't feel that way before. So just kind of taking a step back and, and being open and curious to to the language and to learning it. Because I, I do feel like if I'm going to live in a different country, uh, I should, where I don't speak the language, I should learn the language. It's a way of showing my respect to my community, you know, I, and that, you know, I respect their culture and, and who they are. So, mm-hmm. And language contains culture yeah. the, mm-hmm. and how people think. So it's also a key to understanding people better. Um, I believe that language is uh, a big key or part of your of one's identity. Yeah. Yes. You are bilingual. I'm also, I also grew up bilingual. Mm-hmm. Kerry became bilingual. But I think like when you grew up, grew up speaking two languages and you you very soon realize that there's different ways of approaching mm-hmm. things about thinking about things and we are always slightly different when we inhabit one language than yeah. the other mm-hmm. and i think that's something that that can be also when you learn a new com- uh, language that's that can be uncomfortable because you're growing you mm-hmm. might, you have to it can be painful learning yeah. something you and <laughs> having to think out of the box and yeah. reshift but yeah. but the awareness when you grew up bilingual you've got an awareness uh, on some level it may not be conscious yeah but mm-hmm. i think that that you may not pe- you may not have when you grow up with one language i, I mean no, I, I'm like, I'm not sure. I guess I've always, I always have been bilingual. So I always ask Derek, I'm like, so how does it make me 
I'm like, well, because you've only ever spoken one language. So what do you think about this? And he's just like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm very curious and want to know how he feels and how he dealt with this. And I'm like, I guess I said, but you're, you speak the global language listed. So I don't want to get into colonialism and all that right now, but, mm. but I'm, 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 you know, English is the global language. And so if you know how to speak English, Ultimately, you'll find somebody that can speak that language wherever you go. So, yeah. Actually, yeah, colonialism was something that, um, yeah, Kerry mentioned about you. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's a great topic. And I think we could do a whole episode on that because it's such a huge, (laughs) yeah, interesting. More, (laughs) yes. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and English is an interesting factor within Mm -hmm. that conversation topic. But I, I think, um, I mean, I'm really impressed, Nora, because I've known you more or less since you arrived yeah. mm-hmm. in yeah, Germany yeah. with very, you know, with very little German. Mm-hmm. And you've grown, you've, your German's improved so much. Oh and I'd say you speak better German than people that, are, some people that I know that have been here a long, a lot longer. And I think it's because, and it's, it, for me, I think it's because you're not afraid of making mistakes. You know, you're, you're, you mm. want to get out there, you want to explore, you want to experiment. And that shows, I think, also mm. the skills that you transfer from different areas. You always want to try it out beyond what probably, you know, what you need yeah. to. Um, and I think that's a great, a great skill and the only skill with language learning because you've got to throw yourself into it and be, yeah, be a big risk taker <laughs> and not be worried about making a complete fool <laughs> of yourself. I do, I was like, oh. The teacher's always cracking me, and I was like, but you understood what I said. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, yes, I understood what you said. (laughs) Anyway, but sometimes I feel like a little kid, you know, but I guess that is my personality. I would say, yeah, you see me playing, you know, and stuff. And so, but, you know, like when we go out and do our hikes and stuff, Mm -hmm. I do enjoy those quiet moments, you know, like I love to talk and, but those quiet moments are just so, it's just so I, precious you know for I, I just I really enjoy it I still remember when we went on our llama and I remember the one woman or younger couple and she kept talking I was like ah, this morning and Carrie said okay this morning we're gonna start with the silent you know like walk meditation I was like thank you <laughs> anyway, but yeah. I know it's true I think we're um I think it's so we're also so accustomed to having noise and things around us. It's so much, it's actually for, for some people, it's also very difficult being silent mm-hmm. outside too, because it's something we're just not, we're not used to. There's always some noise That's around true. us somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, I feel like it's, it's silence is nourishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sarah, do you think we're, we're ready for our last question? So I'm looking at the well, time. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> yes, time wise, yes. Content wise, no. Content wise, you keep talking. I know. Talking, I want to know a bit more about Sarah, but I guess we don't have time to talk about you know that today. We'll get together for a coffee sometime. Okay, that would be great. I would love to get to know more about you and you know who you are and what you do and yeah and how you know how we're connected because we're all connected in some way. I do believe yes. that. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yes, that would be lovely. <laughs> so anyway, time-wise, like now we're being um, very t- linear German. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like, I just, <laughs> I want to hear the last question. Exactly. Sarah's always asked the last question. So. <laughs> oh, so it's okay. I'll ask the last question. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So, Nora, if you had one big adventure left in life, only one adventure left in life, what would that adventure be? It would have to be something crazy. I don't know, jumping out of a plane, um, doing a tour of the world in one of those hot air balloons. And I don't know, This had, it would have to be something, yeah, something like that that I could think of. Like, see the whole world. I, I mean, I, I don't want to die and not be able to be safe. She never saw the whole world. That's what she wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I, it would have to be something really, I, I can't like, I've never really thought about that because I feel like I live, like, I'm always like, well, you know, life is short. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But yeah, it would have to be something really crazy. So I'm sorry if I don't have a better answer for you. I think there's uh, quite a lot of options already in what you told us yeah. just now. So it sounds yeah. very exciting. I like the contrast between a short, sharp <laughs> flight and a round-the-world journey that could maybe take yeah, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And it can't be in between. It has to be either or. <laughs> or both and. Yeah. Both and, yeah. Start there. Jump into yeah. the hot air balloon. <laughs> well, Thank you very much for being our guest, Nora. It has been really interesting and amazing talking to you. And I look forward to meeting up over a cup of coffee sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say thank you too. I really appreciate it. It's really nice to, to see you in another field as well and to get to know you on, a, on another level. Um, I really appreciate that. And thank you for, for sharing with us on such a deep level as well. But thank you so much. Bye-bye, Nora. Bye. Bye, Nora. Well, that was another really interesting conversation we had and we covered so many topics. I think one thing I'm going to take with me is I'm amazed at, at what young age Nora discovered that her own happiness is up to herself and that she's carried this within her her entire life and that that is now one of her main messages in her work. So it's, a, it's about one person, it's about yourself, yet if everybody becomes aware and that we shouldn't wait on uh, for others to make us happy, I think the world would also be a better place say, with us taking responsibility for our actions. What about you, Kerry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, what an amazing conversation and so much... Yeah, I've taken so much and I'm trying to weave out a few a key thing. But I think one thing that I feel that is comes across so clearly through Nora is this real solid understanding of herself. And I guess what yeah, what she needs to, to take responsibility to, to to keep her happy and to, to keep her well. And I guess that's a, such a strong tool that she's she's needed to draw on to get through the different challenges between in her work um, and to find the joy in the little things. And that's such a great, a great skill. And it's also a skill that is also so easy to <laughs> to learn when we go outside. And I loved the I loved the poem, the meditation about nature. I think that just sums up the beauty of connecting with nature. So I think we should definitely share that um, within the show notes. We'll also be sharing um, details 
of Nora's artwork on the show notes. You'll find out her website and her Instagram so that you can follow her and find out more about her fantastic artwork. Yeah, well, speaking about nature, I think it's time to get back into nature to get Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to go for a brief walk. It's getting a bit late and dark, but I'd like to get some fresh air. (laughs) Excellent. Sounds a really good idea. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for listening and see you, speak to you, hear you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Grow Zone, real-time adventures. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more episodes or find out more about The Grow Zone, go to www.thegrowzone.de. If you would like to connect with us, you can find me, Sarah Hoopner, at www.improverin.com. And to connect with me, Kerry Temple, you can find me on www.forelements.eu.com.